Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Jesus forgave us of all sin, past, present, and even future sin. Andrew brought good news to me. I could understand the Bible more the way he taught it. Jesus forgave you one time, and that's for everything. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Monday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today's the beginning of my fourth week of teaching about Elijah and lessons that we can learn. I've got this teaching entitled Lessons from Elijah, and this coming Friday is going to be my last day to offer these products. I tell you, this teaching, these truths that the Scripture reveals about Elijah have just transformed my life. I've learned some great lessons. And if you've missed any of this teaching, you've really missed a blessing. I really believe that. I encourage you to get it. You can actually go to our website and get all of these materials free of charge. But I think it's good to have the book, the CDs, DVDs, so that you can go back through it. And also, this is a great way to share these truths with other people. So remember that this coming Friday is my last day to offer these materials over our television broadcast. And so I'm now in 1 Kings chapter 19, and we've talked about how Elijah did things that nobody else had done, caused probably the greatest revival that had ever happened in the Bible, uh, certainly up to that point. AND THE ENTIRE NATION FELL DOWN ON THEIR FACE AND SAID, THE LORD, HE IS THE GOD. THE LORD, HE IS THE GOD. AND GOD HAD SET THINGS UP FOR THE ENTIRE NATION OF ISRAEL TO COME BACK TO HIM. IT COULD HAVE PROLONGED THE NATION OF ISRAEL FOR HUNDREDS OF YEARS. AND YET THE PERSON THAT GOD RAISED UP TO PREACH THIS REVIVAL WAS AFRAID BECAUSE THE QUEEN THREATENED TO KILL HIM AND HE RAN IN FEAR AND WAS HUNDREDS OF MILES IN THE OPPOSITE DIRECTION. AND SO IN 1 KINGS CHAPTER 19, VERSE 10, THE LORD APPEARS... WELL, IT'S ACTUALLY IN VERSE uh, 9, THE LORD CAME UNTO HIM AND SAID, WHAT DO YOU... WHAT ARE YOU DOING HERE, ELIJAH? AND ELIJAH GAVE THIS ANSWER THAT I HAVE BEEN SERVING YOU AND I'M THE ONLY ONE. THEY'VE TORN DOWN THE ALTARS OF THE LORD. THEY'VE FORSAKEN YOU, AND I'M THE ONLY ONE LEFT SERVING YOU. AND THAT WAS NOT TRUE. I REALLY SPENT A LOT OF TIME ON THIS LAST FRIDAY SHOWING THAT IN 1 KINGS CHAPTER 18, VERSE 13, OBADIAH, A SERVANT OF KING AHAB, HAD TOLD HIM THAT THERE WERE STILL A HUNDRED PROPHETS OF THE LORD THAT HE HAD HIDDEN BY 50 IN A CAVE, AND HE HAD BEEN FEEDING THEM THROUGHOUT THIS ENTIRE DROUGHT. AND SO ELIJAH KNEW THAT THERE WAS OTHER MINISTERS, NOT INCLUDING ALL OF THE OTHER PEOPLE THAT WERE STILL OBEYING THE LORD. HE KNEW BETTER, BUT HE FELT SO PASSIONATELY THAT HE WAS THE ONLY ONE WHO WAS TRULY SERVING GOD, THAT HE LET HIS FEELINGS DOMINATE HIM, AND HE JUST SPOKE AGAINST WHAT HE KNEW TO BE TRUE. AND SO THE LORD LET HIM RETAKE THIS TEST. IN THE NINTH VERSE, HE HAD SAID, WHAT ARE YOU DOING HERE, ELIJAH? LOOK DOWN HERE IN VERSE 13. HE ASKED HIM THIS QUESTION AGAIN, AND HE SAID, WHAT DOEST THOU HERE, ELIJAH? NOW, LET ME JUST POINT OUT THAT IF GOD LETS YOU RETAKE THE TEST, IT'S BECAUSE YOU FAILED THE FIRST TIME. YOU SHOULDN'T BE GIVING THE EXACT SAME ANSWER. IF GOD ASKS YOU THIS QUESTION AGAIN, DON'T GIVE THE SAME ANSWER, OR HE WOULDN'T HAVE ASKED YOU THE QUESTION AGAIN. HE'S GIVEN YOU A CHANCE TO MAKE THINGS RIGHT. 
But look at Elijah's answer in verse 14. He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altar, slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Again, he knew that wasn't true. He knew that there were still a hundred prophets of the Lord that were left, not including all of the individuals that were still serving the Lord, but he was giving the wrong answer. He had, he had uh, glorified his feelings to the point that he didn't care what reality said. This is what he felt. I believe that the Lord was giving him a chance after he had shown, you know, the wind passing by, the earthquake, and then the fire, and then this still, small voice, God was giving Elijah a chance to repent and to get this right. And I believe that if Elijah would have responded differently, that God would have put him back in Samaria, that the revival would have continued on, it could have changed the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. But Elijah failed this test. He failed miserably. And let me just summarize some things, and then we'll go back and read it. But you know what he did? Immediately after this second time he asked him, and he gave the exact same answer, God told him what to do, to go anoint Haziel to be king over Syria, and to go anoint uh, Jehu to be king over Israel, and then go anoint Elisha to be his replacement. And so there was three things. God was speaking to him in this still, small voice. It was an audible voice. He was in the presence of God, and God was talking directly to him, gave him three things to do. And did you know that Elijah did not do two out of the three things that God gave him? He didn't anoint Jehu to be king over Israel because later his successor, Elisha had to do that. He didn't anoint Haziel to be king over Syria because later Elisha, his successor, had to do that. They wouldn't have done it. Elisha wouldn't have done it if Elijah had obeyed. No, it says right after this that he just went and immediately anointed Elisha to take his place. In other words, God was saying, you know, all right, he gave him a chance to repent. He didn't do it. And he says, all right, go anoint this king. Go anoint Jehu to be king over Israel. And then go anoint Elisha to be your replacement. Immediately he went to anoint Elisha to replace him. He didn't do the other things. In other words, to me, this says that Elijah had just given up. He had said, God, I'm ready to quit. He had already said earlier in this chapter that he asked God to kill him. Now he's saying, I just give up. I'm ready to quit. And he went and anointed his replacement. Now, he did recover, and God went on and used him a couple of times, but I'm going to show you a number of things that Naboth would not have been killed by Ahab if Elijah had anointed Jehu to be king. If Ahab wasn't king, then Naboth never would have been killed. The battle with Syria, where all these terrible things happened, wouldn't have happened if... Uh, God, if he had obeyed God and anointed Haziel to be king over Syria, there would have been a total different history. You know, it's, it's dangerous for me to get to say what would have happened, what could have happened, because we just don't have that perspective. But I can guarantee you it would have been different. Elijah, I believe, would have gone back and that revival would have gone on and it could have changed the nation of Israel for hundreds of years. They could have stayed as a 
independent nation instead of being conquered by the Assyrians. Who knows all of the differences, but I tell you, this was a major, major failure on Elijah's part, and he just literally refused to do two-thirds of what God spoke to him in an audible voice. And before I leave this thought, let me just remind you that in 2 Kings chapter 2, Elijah was caught up into heaven and never died. He was just caught up into heaven, translated into heaven, one of only two people in the Bible to escape death. And this is a man who failed God miserably, ran away from the revival because of Jezebel's threats, and then he was told to do three things in an audible voice from God, and he failed to do two out of the three, and yet he still had a relationship with God to where he escaped death and was just caught up into heaven. Boy, there's a lot of things we can learn from this. And we can learn that you don't have to be perfect for God to use you. And that even when you mess up and when you fail big time, you can recover that the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. Romans chapter 11, verse 29. There are so many lessons to learn right here. Things that go contrary to what most people believe. You know, I would imagine that the majority of people watching this program right here, they believe that there is a God and they believe that God can use you and that supernatural things can happen through a person, but they believe that you have to be holy, that you have to have your act all together, that God won't use you if you've got any problems in your life. I know that as a fact because I've testified that I've seen my son raised from the dead. I've seen blind eyes open, etc. And I talk about how God has done miracles through me. And I've had people attack me many times because they look at me and think, God wouldn't use you. You aren't perfect. You aren't one of these 10 talent guys. And they, most people really do believe that if God uses you, it's because of some virtue that you have in yourself. And that if you mess up, well, then you just signed your own death warrant. God will never use you again. I'm telling you, God has never had anybody qualified working for Him yet, and you aren't going to be the first one. You can see that with Elijah. Elijah messed up, and I do believe it cost him. I believe that Elijah went through suffering and things that he didn't need to go through. I know that the nation of Israel went through it. I know that Naboth died because of Elijah's disobedience. I know that the famine got so severe when the Syrians surround them that people were eating their own children. All of that was laid at the feet of Elijah because he did not obey what God told him to do. So there was consequences. But also, Elijah was able to recover in his relationship with God so that he was literally translated into heaven. So this shows that God has never had anybody qualified working for him yet. God uses us in spite of who we are, not because of who we are. Man, these are huge statements that I just made. So let me go back to verse 14. The Lord had just asked Elijah in verse 13, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. 
And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Saphat, of Abel-Meholah, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. Again, three things that God told him to do while he was speaking to him in an audible voice. And in verse 17, it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Haziel shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. In other words, God was judging Israel because they had forsaken him, and he was going to raise these kings up and then Elisha the prophet to execute judgment on these people that had forsaken him. And in verse 18, he says, Yet have I left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. So in other words, Elijah's statement about, I'm the only one left, he knew of a hundred prophets, but there was much more than that. There was actually 7,000 people in Israel who were still true worshipers of God, and God knew it. I'm telling you, any time you get to thinking that you're the only one, you've got this Elijah syndrome going in your life, and it's always wrong. You know, today, we can look at all of the bad things that are in our nation. We can see the immorality, the way that they are forsaking the things of God. They are resisting the Bible. The only people in America that it is politically correct to criticize and speak against and speak down at are Christians. You can't speak against any religious group. You can't speak against any homosexual group, transgender group. You can't speak against people gender. You can't do anything. But boy, Christians, they're open game. And we are being persecuted. And you can either, you can focus on that and get to thinking that you're the only one and that there's nobody serving God. But if you do, just remember Elijah, that he was wrong and you're wrong. I tell you, we don't have a real feel for what God is doing in America or in the world this day because the news media that is so prevalent, I mean, you can pick up your phone and you can get the news at any time, day or night. Uh, You know, when I was a kid, we only had three television stations and they only had news during a 30-minute or a one-hour segment once a day. And you just were limited in the amount of news. Now it's 24 hours a day news cycle. You can get it any format that you want. Uh, We are being inundated and the people that are controlling the news are only presenting the negative stuff. They will never present things in a godly light. They aren't telling you the good things. And because of this, We really don't know exactly how many true believers there are in the United States and around the world. We see all of the decline. We hear all of the bad stuff. And even the conservative people that are standing for morality, they spend a huge amount of their time promoting how bad everything is. But I personally believe, and I can't prove this to you empirically, but I really believe that we are living in probably one of the greatest moves of God that this world has ever seen. I think that there are much more than 7,000 people in the United States who are serving God. I believe that there are millions of people. I meet people all of the time who are just turned on to God, and God is raising up people God has been connecting me with other ministries. And I tell you, we are seeing some awesome things happen.
There's great things happening. You won't hear about it on the news because, again, they don't report on all of the planes that land safely. They'll only tell you about the one that crashed. They don't tell you the good things that are happening. But there are good things happening. There's good things happening in secular government, in the social realm, but in the spirit realm, I guarantee you, God is doing some great, great things. And I believe that if you're of this Elijah's opinion where you're just saying, oh God, everything is terrible and nothing's working and I'm the only one left, you have been listening to the 10 Spies Network instead of listening to the godly things that God wants to say to you. You know, the 10 spies in Numbers chapter 13 went out and they saw the land and they saw that it was a good land and it flowed with milk and honey and they had good things to say about the land, but there are giants in the land and they live in walled cities and they're stronger than us and we can't overcome them. We were like grasshoppers compared to them. And they brought up this evil report and it cost the children of Israel 40 years in the wilderness because of the 10 spies who just spoke about the negative sides and they didn't see things from a spiritual perspective. The two spies who saw things clearly were Joshua and Caleb and they said, yes, there's giants and yes, there's walled cities, walled cities, but they are meat for us. God has given them to us. Their defenses have departed from them. And did you know 40 years later when the children of Israel did walk in and take over the land of Israel, uh, Joshua sent two spies out. I think that's interesting. Moses sent out 12 spies. 10 of them brought back an evil report. Two of them brought back a positive report. Joshua, who was one of those two spies with the positive report, he only sent out two spies. He, he only got people that he knew were going to see things in the proper light. And so he sent the spies out, and when they came in to Rahab's house, Rahab told them, says, from the day that we heard about how the Lord dried up the Red Sea from before you, our defenses departed from us, and every man's heart melted. Did you know what she was saying was that, sure, those 10 spies saw the giants, saw the walled cities, but they didn't see that these men had lost their courage, that their heart had melted, and Rahab revealed that 40 years before, if the children of Israel would have taken a step of faith and have listened to the positive report, and if they would have entered into the promised land, it would have been a cakewalk that God had already put the fear of them inside of all of these people, and they could have conquered the land. But see, they were only looking at external, physical things. The same thing happens to us today. We get to looking at the obstacles, how much money it takes to do something. We get to looking at the doctor's report. We get to looking at all of these negative things. And if you want to, you can just listen to that 10 spies network and it will build unbelief and fear on the inside of you. But if you'll listen to what I'm saying, if you will take a lesson here from Elijah and realize that there were still 7,000 people who hadn't bowed the knee to Baal, there are still millions of people today in the United States and billions of people around the world who are seeking God. And I believe that God is moving in a powerful way. And if you will listen to God, then you can be encouraged instead of discouraged and you can avoid making these same mistakes that Elijah made right here. I tell you, what I'm saying here is powerful, and I don't know any way for you to stay encouraged other than to just have a personal relationship with God, keep your nose in the Bible, 
and read it because you will find things where situations were a thousand times worse than they are in our world today, and yet God turned it around, and it will keep you encouraged. You aren't going to get this listening to the talk shows, listening to the news, because they are only painting the worst part of everything, the worst possible outcome. This is the way that our world thinks. They think that somehow or another it's wisdom to consider all of the reasons that something can fail. And if you want to consider the reasons something could work, well, then you're just living in fairyland. You're in la-la land. You aren't facing reality. And we've been trained to just look at the negative side of things. But I tell you, we need to have faith. We need to have hope as we deal with situations. You know, Jesus said in the book of Matthew, He was giving all of the things that would happen, divers, earthquakes, and pestilence, and famines, and all of these things are taking place today. But He says, when these things happen, then lift up your eyes, because your redemption draws nigh. You can look beyond all of the negative things that are happening, and you can see that, man, this thing is winding down. God is coming back. I believe the church is going to be victorious, and you can keep yourself encouraged if you look with your eyes of your heart, look through faith instead of just looking with your physical eyes. So anyway, Elijah, he failed big time right here. And he went down, and the Lord told him to do these three things instead of doing the two about anointing Haziel and Jehu to be kings. Instead, he went and anointed Elisha to take his place. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Sapat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelfth. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave them unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. I'm not going to have time to say all of these things today. I'll continue this on my program tomorrow. But I believe that when Elijah walked by and just cast his mantle upon Elijah, that that was significant. It was a way of saying that, you know, I'm extending to you an invitation to come and to apprentice with me and to take my place, because that's exactly what the Lord had called him to do. And so even though this is strange to us, it's not our customs today, I believe that Elisha knew exactly what was happening. And let me also, I'm just saying these things. I can't prove this by Scripture, but I believe that everybody in that nation had heard about the fire of God falling from heaven. It's possible that Elisha had been there and seen this. It's possible that he knew who Elijah was. Certainly, he had heard about this, and it's possible that God had already borne witness with Elisha that he was going to anoint him to take Elijah's place. I don't believe that things like this just happen out of the blue and that there was no confirmation or witness in Elisha's heart. I believe that he knew that these things were happening. And anyway, I'm out of time, so I'll have to explain that again tomorrow. This is really important. I encourage you to listen in tomorrow. And also, please get these materials. This book on lessons from Elijah would help you tremendously. I really believe that. And I've got it in CDs and DVDs 
as well as study guide and other things. Listen to our announcer as he gives you this information, and then please call or write today. Andrew's complete series titled Lessons from Elijah is available in either a CD or DVD album, a book in either English or Spanish, or in a study guide. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. You can get these products as part of the Lessons Package, which includes two books, Lessons from Elijah and Lessons from David, and three albums in your choice of either CD or DVD, Lessons from Elijah, Lessons from David, and Lessons from Joseph. These teachings will give you the chance to learn from the successes and mistakes of three very powerful, but very human men of God. The Lessons Package has a catalog value of $135, but you can receive all of these valuable resources today for just $95. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get these products. Today, Andrew's book, Lessons from Elijah, is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide this book to you free of charge. We want to say a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your gifts make it possible to put free ministry materials into the hands of many people in need. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. You know, I've got great news for those of you who've been wanting to partake of Keras, but you just can't move. You can't seem to uh, find how to fit it into your schedule. We now have what we call eCaris on this little iPad, and you get all of the first year courses here. There's a total of 39 courses, eight hours teaching per course. So that I think is 312 hours worth of teaching. It's loaded on here so that you don't have to have an internet connection. It comes with headphones, wireless headphones, and this way you can take advantage of the first year of Keras curriculum, whatever your situation is. And you can interact with our staff. You take tests. They know where you are in this process. It's just a great way to take advantage of it. Check it out, eCaris.
I want to encourage you to check out a brand new program that we created at Gospel Truth TV. This is an original program with Tony Dungy and James Brown. They're both at the top of their game. Tony is an award-winning, Super Bowl-winning coach. Uh, James Brown is uh, at the top of his game announcing sports things. I mean, they are awesome men. They do an interview on Beyond the Game with JB and Tony is what we've entitled it. And they interview these sports figures and share things with you that usually get cut out on the secular networks. These sports figures are gonna share their heart with you about their relationship with the Lord, and I tell you, it'll be a blessing. So check it out, 9.30 a.m., 9.30 p.m., twice a day on Sundays on gospeltruth.tv.